this is Karen with New Cleveland Radio, and I am here today with Avoid the Maze, and my guest, and Sophie, I'm not going to say your last name because I will ruin it, but we're oh. Sophie today, and she can tell us what her last name is. Delorier. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's French, I take it, right? It is, yes. I'm okay. part French-Canadian, yes. So when I read your bio, I found it to be very interesting because... So many of us um, were brought up believing that you're going to go to school, you're going to go to college or trade school, you're going to get a job, and that's your life. And um, I know I've had many, many careers in my life and probably maybe a few more up ahead. So tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are today and what that beginning was like. So the beginning really for me was um, I had I come from humble beginnings and in high school, university era, I started working. I started working full time in high school, actually, to be honest with you. And then I was an OSAP child here in Canada. That means I had government funding um, that I needed to pay back to go to university. And I got a job uh, at an inbound call center uh, selling Cantel phones like back in the day when it was Cantel and Fido, yep. like, you know, and phones were like the size of a brick. And I just realize I was a naturally born a natural born salesperson mostly because I have great listening skills I, I like to ask questions I don't get intimidated by that but the most important thing was is I could ask for the sale so um, I realized that that was a skill for me and so I started going only for sales jobs because once I realized that sales is based on commissions and I could write my own check and then it was based on my performance I really liked that aspect of it and so that's the arena that I played in for a really long time um, when I got out of university I had several management roles and I, I wanted to start teaching and training other people's sales so I, I went and got coaching degrees a variety of different coaching degrees and then when I was a little bit older in my career, I started teaching and training and coaching sales leadership teams and the actual sales team in Fortune 500 companies across Canada. So the big banks here, a couple of companies in the States like US Cellular and BlackRock, which is a big finance company out in there, a wealth management company. And um, it was always in the area of leadership and sales because sales was natural, natural to me. Leadership was natural to me based on the life that I had lived and how I led myself through the life. And then coaching became a skill that I developed uh, because I wanted to teach people and coaching skills, the, the skill of listening and asking questions is actually very similar to sales. Right. So I was nicely primed for that. Um, I was married for 18 years. Um, my ex-husband and I had built a business together. I was doing sales training across North America I had a big contract that came to an end and then I started to focus on my personal life. Um, my ex-husband and I chose to consciously uncouple. So we got a divorce during that time. I was diagnosed with breast cancer, um, which, you know, like that's a lot to go through at one time right. is to Absolutely. go through a divorce. That's a lot. Um, I had repartnered at the time. I refused treatment. I was 42 years old. I refused treatment because the one role in life that I hadn't played was a mother. And I really wanted to know what that would be like for me. Um, so I refused treatment to get pregnant. And my partner and I were blessed with a baby boy. So today we have, he'll be three next in a couple of weeks. Um, and I took some time off work. You know, I got divorced, went through cancer. We had the pandemic. 
the baby. And my baby went to daycare around 18 months, which is about 18 months ago. And so when he was about two, a year ago, I thought, you know, what am I going to do with myself? I didn't really know if I was going to go back to work or not. Um, but I found I had a little bit too much time on my hands and I'm young enough that it's not time for me to retire. Uh, and so I thought, like, who do I really want to support? Like, what is it I really want to do? And coaching is like human performance is is the love is one of the loves of my life like that would be my passion and so I thought at the time who do I really want to support and I thought I want to support women who are business entrepreneurial business women whether they're leaders in corporate or have their own businesses who are going through heartbreak because I went through such a three I would say three plus one massive heartbreaks you know whether or not my ex-husband and I chose to consciously uncouple to divorce after 18 years is a heartbreak to get cancer, to get cancer, to go through any health crisis is a heartbreak. You know, I walked away from a thriving business when I got divorced. That's a heartbreak. And then I think all of us share the heartbreak of the pandemic. And so for me, it was, it was a lot for me to navigate emotionally. And there wasn't the type of support that I feel I can offer somebody now because of who I am and what I've gone through. And I thought, you know, like, who is that one person that I really feel like needs me, needs me? Like, where can I contribute the most? And so I now work with two, two very specific types of women. One is a successful woman who has her own business or is a corporate leader who was in a very long-term relationship, who's going through the transition of, you know, reinventing herself and reclaiming her power and navigating that heartbreak and, doing the release work around that and building her business. And then the other individual that I feel I can make a very big contribution to, so who I work with now, is somebody who is looking to build their self-esteem and their confidence and to reclaim their power and to decondition themselves from societal messages and to build her business acumen, so specifically her sales skills, her leadership skills, her communication skills, her negotiation skills, her presentation skills, so that she can feel confident and powerful and strong and sit at any table with anybody and know how to conduct herself in a way that makes her feel like, you know, I got this. And I, I, cause I don't believe that enough women are having access to that type of personal and professional development specifically because every room I was in, I was like one of two women right. in my entire career. Um, <laughs> So that's how I got here. It's a, it comes from, it's the foundation of the life that I've lived and really taking a look and focusing on who I want to contribute to. I worked with mostly men my entire career. Sales is a masculine dominated industry for the most part, because it's, it's like an A type individual. There's, there are more women getting into it for sure. And women are very good at it. It's not about, um, like who's better or not better it just happens to be I think that men got to the business table before women do it's like a timing thing to be honest with you um, and I'm not opposed to working with men it's just it's 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 a sh conscious shift in choice for me to have chosen to have a female entrepreneur or woman who wants to develop herself um, because it's just something that I can personally relate to more and at this point in time in my life I wanted my work to be more personal Makes sense. You know, it's interesting because there were a number of things you've said in that intro, which I loved. Number one, um, as women, and I'm in my 70s. So oh, wow. I came you look from <laughs> I came from a, a community where 
mothers did not work. Okay. Mothers were stay-at-home moms, not my mom. Okay. Number one, my mother had to work, but my mother always turned whatever that job was into her career. And Mm. so I watched her, you know, um, the first job I remember that she had, uh, we had a family member who was a builder and back in the day, uh, they would have open houses, model houses in their subdivisions. And it was up to my mother to come out with the crew and clean those model homes. So mm. that on the weekend when people walked through and originally she was going to go in and she was going to be the scrub lady and she was going to do it all. But then she looked at the bigger picture and she said, but if I put together a crew of women, okay, I can still clean, but I can manage. And maybe Mm. in the future, I'm going to need this skill for something else. So watching my mother do that, and I think I was like seven or eight years old, she would be with her, you know, and I would watch how this kind woman, you know, was watching somebody else clean a floor and maybe they weren't doing it efficiently. My mother would say, let's try this a different way. Whereas at home, if I was doing something wrong, it was like, that's wrong. But I learned right. from my mom that communication. Um, and that's what it sounds like you're talking about, too, that, you know, you had the skills. Uh, you found that out early in life. But we all have sales skills because we're constantly selling ourselves. Mm-hmm. So you now are a single mom working I'm not a single mom. No. Nope. Nope. No, no, no. Okay. All right. Misunderstood. My, my mom was a single mom. Yeah. Oh. My mom was a single mom. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's okay. Um, but you were mostly from home, correct? Do I work mostly from home? Yeah. Do you work no currently? Mom? Yes. Yeah. Currently, yes. Okay. So and so you learned that you could be on the road selling, which you did for many years, but now you can sell a different type of a product and not have to leave your home. Correct. So give us a little example about some of the women. Let's take somebody who is already professionally where they think they're supposed to be, because we know that we're never where we're supposed to be. There's more tears. Um, how apt are they to make the changes to start growing again? Well, you know, it's a great question because that woman is usually a little bit older now. So she's going to be 40 plus, in my opinion. Um, and from the women that I work with. Um, so if I if I gave you a little. So so she was somebody who perhaps came from humble beginnings, was fearless, went for things because there wasn't anything to lose, was always all in because there wasn't anything to lose, had the self-trust, the self-confidence, the self-belief because she's always depended on herself and she's always figured it out and she would take big risks because, well, why not take big risks? Cause she always had evidence that she would turn it out at this point in time. There's more to lose financially, family wise, reputationally, you know? And so how your question was, is like how apt is she to like take a risk or take the jump to grow? Well, not as apt as she was when she was younger. Right. Because she's a little bit more tired. <laughs> um, 
she's a little bit more resigned like oh do I really need that she's not so sure she wants to do the work and yet she's completely in my opinion uh, unhappy uh, trapped unfulfilled unmotivated and she has too much life left to stay there for the rest of her mm -hmm. life and that type of uh, negative emotion in the body if she's not careful will make her sick and um, that's some of what happened to me and I see it in some of the women that I work with and the reason that they hire me is because I've already done taken that leap of faith and gone through that transition and so they want somebody who has the ability to help them navigate and connect the dots and like help them with the mindset and the leadership and the embodiment of it but the original question was is how apt is she to take that jump she wants it like it's like like it's like her mouth is salivating for it and yet she just knows that it's she's not she's not sure it's going to be worth it and she's not sure she can handle whether or not she's going to be judged for it, if she's going to make a mistake if she's going to fail if she's going to be embarrassed and that's that those are the things that are stopping her that never used to stop her before but it's it's almost like eating her up inside Absolutely. because it's just it's not who she knows herself to be and so she knows at this point in time, she has to make some serious decisions for herself to go through a life transition to get the life that she was meant for. She's got, she got the life that she created, but now there's something more that she's meant for. And so how apt is she? Well, I hope she doesn't wait for a life transition or a health crisis or a life crisis to happen to motivate her. Um, how apt is she? She's she's wobbly and she's not doing that. She's not she's not taking that jump necessarily. But the ones that find me know that they have a hand to hold. And so they take that leap. But the ones that don't necessarily find me, they continue to stay a little bit stuck. And I feel like with every day and with every year, a little part of them just gets a little more numb. They disassociate just a little more. They disconnect just a little more. And that and they just that's the the depth of the sadness that gets created inside of them. And they, they cry silently in isolation, you know? And uh, I feel like that, that is part of the, my purpose is to support her to, 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 to know it's okay. She's going to be okay. And we can do it together. You know, uh, just about 10 years ago, I was um, working for a college, um, very corporate like atmosphere. I loved what I did, but I hated the culture and the yeah. culture was killing me. I'd yeah. come home every night and, you know, make dinner for my family. And my husband would look at me and say, what went wrong today? Cause he could see it all over me. Right. And I could tell him all about the wonderful students I had and the great things I did with them during the day. And, um, how they're going to bring in another friend to go to school. And it would be like, he said, well, if all that was positive, why do you look so negative? Mm. And then I would say, because my manager says I'm not working fast enough. My manager says I'm not, you know, achieving mm. my numbers, which I was, but they were pushing at me. Well, if you can bring in 10 today, tomorrow you should bring in 20. And it's like, right. it doesn't work that way. And it was my youngest son who said to me, mom, you can't keep doing this because if you do, you're going to die. Uh, and smart, that, smart was, that was the shocking thing to me. It's like, 
no, I'm strong, you know, that Helen Reddy song, you know, I'm woman, hear me roar. And he goes, mm. you don't have the roar anymore. And I thought about it for a couple months. And then I finally came home from work one day in total tears. And my husband said, now what? And I said, they suggested I take a medical leave of absence because I'm not hearing everything that's being said. I wear hearing aids. Mm. They knew that. But they oh. would stand behind me and talk about something. And I had no idea uh. what was going on. So now everybody is like, you know, we're going to have to get rid of her. Uh. Which they did. But that was the best thing they could have done because I was afraid to do it on my own. Right. I was afraid right. Just part of the manifestation process almost, right? Exactly. And so what you're doing, the fact that you're out there, women need to understand that we're all vulnerable. You know, we our culture has taught us there are certain things we should do, certain things we shouldn't do. Some of us are stronger to do those things that they say we shouldn't do. Um, but it's so great to have a coach, to have somebody mentor us through it and show us the path. Mm. so you talked about the one person who maybe is a little nervous about moving ahead because she's already there mm -hmm. how about the person who is like calling you up and saying Sophie I'm ready I'm ready to make a change right now mm -hmm. um so that she so that woman could also be um a little bit older more established looking to you know Re like the curation process, the reinvention process now, it's all about intentionality and like specifically picking the things that are a current match for who she is now. And so what about her? Like, what's your question? What do you want me to, how do you want me to phrase this? Phrase it the way you would, you know, when somebody's coming in. Yeah. So for me, as the mentor, the coach on this, on the other side of that, it's like, okay, let's roll up our sleeves and let's go. Like it's easy. It's an easy, it's she, she's got a little less fear, a little less resistance, a little less of that mindset um, to work with, like to, to work through, sorry, not work with work through as the other archetype of a woman. Um, and yeah, it's a real treat for me. I mean, I'm not exactly sure what else to say. She's just, she's gung-ho. She's all in. She's like, roll up the sleeves and like, like the work gets started from there. And then what happens is, is the mindset work, the leadership work, the embodiment work, the confidence, the self-esteem, that just, that comes along with the process. Sometimes with the other, the other, where the woman is at in the other position, we got to do a little bit more of that work first before she makes a jump. And that's okay. You know, like both, both are okay. Both are okay. Uh, and I enjoy working with both for very different reasons because, you know, one's coming in a little less fearless and has, right. has different types of transformations and results. And one's coming in with fear. And that takes a different level of courage, at a, not a different level of courage, but it takes courage for different reasons. And what she has to break through um, is still it's still aligned work and it's still very special work for me. Well, and as I looked at it, when I finally came home and told my husband, you know, I'm not going back to the job. And he looked at me like, okay. I was so afraid to tell him because I was earning more than him. And All when right. we put our two salaries together, you know, we lived comfortably. And my son was going to the college and his tuition was being paid for. 
So my first reaction was saying, I'm sorry, we're going to lose my income. Turning to my son and saying, I'm sorry, we're going to have to use student loans for you to complete. He only had a half a year to complete. But wow. even so, you know, that sort of freaked him out because his vision was when he graduated, he was going to be loan free. Um, and I felt like I was letting everybody down. Mm. And uh, my husband and my son both looked at me and they said, will you be happy tomorrow when we've both come home after a long day? Are you going to be happier at home than you would be in the office? And I told them I couldn't answer them that. And my son said to me, okay, what you can answer me is, what is it that you would like to do with your life? And I knew exactly what it was. It's what I'm doing now. And he said, then do it. And I said, but how? He said, you'll figure it out. And so if you've got that energy in you, which I did, I could figure it out. But I finally got to the point within the last two years that I, too, work with coaches because there's a lot for me to learn and a lot more for me to continue doing. Mm. So is that something that you also hear from your clients? Because it's not like therapy. You go six, seven months, a year or so, and then the therapist says, okay, well, I think we've come to a, a meeting of the minds and there's the door. I don't think coaching is like that at all. Do you? No, the coaching and mentorship for me is very different than therapy. I mean, and, and, and with all professions, I, I, I always have this mantra that's um, like, it's as good as the individual, right? So like there are great therapists out there that have different ways of approaching the conversation and therapy in general, as a, like a general conversation um, with brought, using paintbrush with broad strokes is a little bit more, well, trauma-based perhaps, you know, the coaching and mentorship is not necessarily that unless you have a very specific style yeah. of coach. Um, I feel like it's a little bit more past oriented. I feel like it revisits, you know, some of that childhood stuff, maybe a little too much. It's not really future focused. Um, yeah, sorry, I got lost in what I was saying. Well, you actually gave me the answer that I wanted our listeners to hear is that it is future focused. Okay. Right. There may have been things that happened in our past that maybe have paralyzed us going forward right. in the past. But, and that was the one great thing that my son gave me. It was, what is it that you want to do going forward? And every time I talked about a job I had in the past, he said, no. If that's where you were supposed to be, you would be there. And I said, okay. And he goes, think, and it didn't take me long because it was something I'd been harboring for so long. Uh, when I graduated high school, I went to college and I told my parents I was going to get a degree in communications and broadcasting. And they both looked at me and they said, well, we won't pay for that. It's oh. nice. Well, it was 1968. There were no real women in the media. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know that. Father, I understand. Yeah. And my father just looked at me and he said, I work too hard for my money. He said, and this is going to cost a lot of money. And what kind of job are you going to get? Fair. And, uh, so I went to college in the first two years. I took all my major subjects because they did have 
um, an associate's degree. And after two years, I called my parents and I said, come to graduation. And my mother, I'll never forget it. She said, honey, I know you're smart, but you're not that smart. You didn't get four years done in two years. And when I told her that I had my associate's degree in communications, it was like, you're done. Go out and get yourself a job. Mm. And I didn't appreciate it then, but I appreciate it now because I understand that I probably wouldn't have been able to get a job back then. And if I did, I probably would have been pouring coffee and that would have been the worst thing for my self-esteem. Mm. So I harbored it. And I went back to school uh, early 2000s and I finished my degree and I got my master's and that's when I finally said, okay, I know what it is I want to do. And if a local radio station doesn't want to hire me, that's absolutely fine. I've got a computer, I've got a soundboard and I know the words I want to speak. So when somebody comes to you like that, does it sound like, hey, they've got it all together, they really know what they're doing? Or do they still need direction? Well, see, what I love about what you're saying is, is you follow the feeling. And there's so many of us that just don't do that in life. I think that's just like our, our society systemically oppresses that in us as human beings and specifically in us and women as a way to have power and control over us. And you broke through that and you broke through that in an era when that wasn't that wasn't encouraged, supported, nurtured. Um, so I just want to just really say to you, like, like my heart just opens for you when you say that, because anybody that's intuition. Yeah. You know, and so many of us, we all have it as humans. I'm not going to genderize that, but women specifically um, tend to be uh, very in tune with their intuitions and even more so mothers. And uh, we don't always follow it. And I feel like that disconnect and that incongruency is what makes us sick. Um, and so when somebody like that, who has followed the feeling, has followed her intuition, knows what she wants to do, has some postulated vision for herself, but it's not crystal clear, does she still need support and help and mentoring? 100%. Yeah. And that ends. And she's already more than halfway there because she knows exactly how she wants it to feel for herself. So every step she takes, she's going to have the discernment to say yes or no, because it's either going to align with the feeling or it won't. And so now it's just about helping her navigate through and discern through what is in the way to get her to where she wants to go. Um, and congratulations. Like what a beautiful stance of leadership for women and uh, what a beautiful example. Yeah, well, and and I have to thank my husband and my son. Yeah, they were giving up a lot, and I knew it. And my husband was working at another college, and he hated his job. But it was like, okay, I'm going to stay at this job at least until you get up back on your feet. Um, and then his job sort of changed, and now all of a sudden he was happy at his job, which was a great thing. Um, but point that I want our listeners to know you're never you never have to do life alone there are people right. out there to help guide you and you know I've been through therapy myself and therapy helped those little pieces and I think did help me get stronger 
but I also learned from therapy, if I dwelt on those little things, for me, that was the worst thing. Mm-hmm. And I did that for a while in my life. Mm-hmm. And I would, mm-hmm. you know, oh, I can't do this because I can't do that because and it was like, no, you can do it because of those things. So take the step forward. Right. So you wrote a book. Tell us a little bit about the book. How does it help women oh. who want to see the future? Well, actually, I did write a book, but it's not published. Um, it was like a first draft. And I think with many authors, the first draft is like farthest from the final draft. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, it's not like the first draft of the book. I went through the iterations of the book, but the way that book ended, I just, it's, I didn't do anything with it, unfortunately. Fortunately, I think there is a book to be written for me. I'm just not sure now is uh, at this point in time in my life, it's, it's there. Um. Yeah, but it was more of a reflection of my story and my insights and my learning and gleaming the wisdom. And I wanted to share those, you know, points of view with other women to really encourage and motivate them to go for what they really want in life. Well, and we all do have a story inside of us. Some of us can get it out. Some of us have a more difficult time of of putting it out. Um, My one uh, coach, every time she talks to me, it's like, so Karen, how are we coming with those notes for that book you said you wanted to write? And I said, the notes are great. They, you know, they keep me centered as far as it ever being published. You know, that's not important to me. It was when I started and I will, right. do that. but it's, you know, I'll take bits and pieces out of it and use it in a coaching session because, Hey, this is what I went through. And you may not want to follow that same path, which may want to hear what happens down that path, at right. least for me. And I've had many you know, clients say to me, you know, I need something a little bit more than what you're giving me. And that's when I say, I know all these coaches through Podmatch. Um, and I love it because I can now start referring people because I don't have all the answers mm. and I'm not there to give them answers. I'm there mm-hmm. to guide them as you mm. are. Mm. Yeah, coaching and mentoring isn't really about answers. I find it's more about questions and helping pull out um, the answers within the individual. I mean, there is a coaching style or mentorship style where somebody, for example, already has a business and you're looking to model that type of business. And so then now they're going to it's there's going to be both the, the what coaching and mentoring was born for is about helping develop your leadership and finding the answers within. And then there's going to be like straight on, you have a question, here's an answer for your strategy. So um, I'm finding these days, it's a combination of both specifically for what I have to offer, because I, I, I have the experience to do a question answer period and fast forward someone's process. And I also have the experience in the background to support someone in developing their leadership and their, their very specific soft skills. And because of what I went through recently with the heartbreaks, I now have a completely different point of view about how to navigate heartbreak and a process and how to help a woman reclaim her power and to reinvent herself and to re- reconnect to her relationship with herself uh, so that she can um, manifest, operate from, uh, show up in her highest form. You know, I love the term heartbreak mm. because 
we do another show <clears throat> at New Cleveland Radio. It's called Grief Belief. And yeah. initially, it was about the grief, the loss of a loved one, a husband, you know, a spouse, a parent, whatever. And it's true grief. We know that. But when I put this together and got the panel together, I said, what about the grief of losing your job? What about yeah. the grief of the pandemic that maybe split up your family? And we talk, Ooh. and now we are just growing that. And a lot of people, when they're going through it, they may not want to use the word grief. Yeah, it's grief. But heartbreak, our heart does break, even if the job was horrible and we had to leave it. If we had an idea that that job could be good and it didn't never got there, to me, that's a heartbreak. Yes, I'm doing something that I really wanted to be in. Um, yeah, you know, I've been through a divorce. I understand the heartbreak of divorce. My divorce, it took a long time for me to understand all the great things that came from it. Um, and yes. now, you know, all these years later, you know, um, I can say nice things about my ex because a lot of good came out of that. I learned a lot, um, but yet there's still some heartbreak from it, you know, that we couldn't make it work. Um, but I'm also grateful that I have a wonderful husband of almost 40 years now. So obviously I know how to do a few things right. Mm-hmm. How can our listeners find you and follow you if, if they would like to? Yeah, it's easiest to follow me on Instagram at the Sophie Delorier, which is at T H E Sophie S O P H I E Delorier D E S L A U R I E R S, or they can email me directly at S D at Sophie Talks That's S D at Sophie S O P H I E Talks T A L K S dot com. And we will get all that in the show notes. So there's no excuse that, you know, people say, you know, I heard this great podcast and the lady's name was Sophie, but I don't know where I heard it. Well, guess what? It will be in the show notes and uh, hopefully you'll follow up with Sophie or myself. And, um, you know, hey, ladies, we deserve to be happy. We deserve to find it. So, um, you know, let's go out and take that first step. and. I do believe most of our friends and families want us to succeed. So let's not be afraid. Oh, that's wonderful. I love that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful talking to you and stay well. Take care now. Okay, you too. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.